Okay, so, Susie. Um, so after this kind of uh, honeymoon period, if you like, when you, when you first get married, it's really exciting, and you see people, and you really like spending time together. Um, and apparently, uh, that fades eventually. <laughs> and there's a kind of less of a buzz about your marriage uh, and about your relationship. You don't get the same butterflies when you wake up staring at the one you love. So, I mean, what happens after that? Euphoria. Great question, thanks Josh. Um, so, do you know, I think the honeymoon period is an amazing time. It's an amazing time for investing in one another. And of course, you've, you've started a journey together. You've started a journey, you've made a commitment to one another. Um, but it is the very, very beginning. It's the very beginning of a journey, an exciting journey. And it's a journey that is ultimately all about love. You see, actually every day, I believe we're growing in a greater understanding of God's love for us. So God is the only one that can perfectly love and love unconditionally. And actually in a marriage, you start to learn a little bit about what that looks like. What does it mean to love somebody unconditionally? Because we do let one another down. Um, I've let Susie down many times. You know, I make mistakes, I'm selfish, I do things that I shouldn't, shouldn't do. You know, we're, we're fallen people. And actually working that out and learning what it means to love unconditionally is a, is a journey. And it's something you start from the day you commit uh, to somebody when you're married to you know that lifelong journey so actually it's about love but it's about growing in a deeper relationship as well which is ultimately what we want individually with God the more we learn about God's love it's about deepening in our relationship with him and we're doing that trying to do that together as well so what comes next well it's learning about growing together it's about making decisions together and um, suddenly you've gone from focusing just on the decisions that you might have to make for your own life so you're making decisions together that affect one another. Um, dreaming about your future together, that's a really exciting thing. And learning together, never trying to stop learning. I think that's something that we're passionate about. We think if we think we've got it sussed, then we've made a mistake somewhere. We're always kind of trying to learn together. And I guess for the phase that we're in now, what comes next? Well, we've got three very small children. So uh, we're at that stage in our life uh, where it's very, very busy. Um, and now we're learning what it means to make decisions together for someone else. Our own family unit, our own small children. How are we going to actually invest in them? How are we going to try and bring them up in the world and help them to know the important things, the things that we think matter, the things that we think are on God's heart? And that's a whole new phase of the journey um, as well. So, uh, yeah, that's what comes next, I guess. Great, I look forward to that. <laughs> so, Phil and Francis over there, you seem like quite far away from me. Uh, but so, what happens after that? <laughs> well, well, I guess you, you get good days and you get some bad days. You have some good seasons and some not go so good seasons. And, and I think part of that is just the daily life in, in part, but also it can come up. We've had to learn, we're very slow learners, that. Um, that in, in these sort of situations, you can come away with a sort of honeymoon period, the Hollywood romance and stuff, and find real life is actually quite tough. That re real life that has real issues. And I think Jesus, blessedly, actually highlights that, that our life is not going to be straightforward. But we didn't really get that until a really long, long way into being married. And when you have a false expectation when you have, if you like, a false promise, then it can lead to disappointment, it can lead to resentment, and it can lead to difficult times uh, overall. So we were quite slow learners in that. 
And I think now we've come to realize that rather than hankering after the things we didn't have, we needed to actually just reflect on everything that we did have. You know, I've got four great sons, I've got a great wife, <laughs> we now have five grandchildren. And actually, despite all the pressures that come in day-to-day -day life, our love for each other is growing. And I think that comes to not only about expectation, but also about pace. I think the world pushes at us an agenda of packing and cramming lots and lots and lots of stuff into our lives. And that's the enemy of relationships. Because when you're doing all of that stuff, 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 you run out of time. And again, I think we were too in that position. That we weren't giving each other enough time. So actually we've learned to slow down a bit. To actually, the, the creator of the universe actually um, is able to do than we can ever ask or imagine. Sometimes you think, if I don't do that, the world will fall apart or this will fall apart. But actually, Jesus has prompted us to say, now actually I've got that covered. Just spend some time with me and spend some time with each other. And we, we've got a sort of routine for this. We call, I like alliteration. So we call these things daily diversions. We carve out a little bit of time for ourselves and for God each day. Then each week we carve out a little bit more time. We call those weekly withdrawals. Then we put lines through the calendar um, each month. Because if you don't do that, actually, other things crowd in. We call those monthly meanderings. <laughs> and then finally, uh, we, we just set aside really good time together. We call those annual abandonments. And I think what I can say is that because of what Christ has done with us, that I'm a better person because of Francis. And I hope she would say that I'm a better person because of, of Francis too. Um, but she's a better person because of me, hopefully. Um, so I guess what we're saying is, although they're good days and not so good days, although they're ups and downs, it just gets better and better, which I guess reflects our relationship with Jesus. So I was just going to ask you that, because I mean, that's something that, that came out on Tuesday night, wasn't it? About how uh, that kind of progression and that change in relationships is also kind of reflected in how we relate to God, isn't it? And I mean, have you found that to be true in your marriage? That, uh, is, do you find them connected? Uh, yeah, I mean, when we first got married, we went to church, but we weren't believers and we were quite far into the marriage before we found Jesus or, or he became real and a personal relationship with him became real and that has absolutely transformed our marriage. People who knew us in the early days who thought we had quite a good marriage anyway just don't recognise it now and, and it is because in these daily diversions we pray together every morning and it's very practical, it's just five minutes of what have we got on the agenda today, let's commit it to God. And what we've started doing recently, actually, is then reflecting back and talking about how we felt about how those things went, feeding back, remembering those prayers that have been answered from the morning and giving thanks to God. And, well, I mean, it comes on to the next bit, really, but as we learn to submit to each other, then the relationship with God gets deeper and the relationship together gets deeper and... It just, it's just brilliant. <laughs>
That's great. I mean, I was really challenged when I heard that from Phil and Francis, and I think there's something that we can all take away from that, um, that idea of that discipline towards um, the people that you're in relationship with, but also discipline towards Jesus. I mean, did, that, did it just happen straight away? Or, I mean, how long does it take you to progress to your... Well, as Phil said, you know, we're quite slow learners, so we've probably been 30 years married before we began to realise this stuff at all. Uh, but once we'd actually begun to implement it, it's just been incremental. And I suppose it was about three or four years, really, that, that we began to notice that we weren't working at keeping this pattern. It was beginning to just come naturally. And we began to realise that we were changing as individuals. The scary bit for Phil is my brain goes all over, it's like a plate of spaghetti and he can work out how I've made the links that I've made in my head. So it's really quite scary for him. <laughs> but it does, it just deepens everything and life just becomes so much more of a gift and so much more precious. And we're able to be more generous people than we ever were before because we just realise just what a generous and amazing God we have. Great. So, Dan and Susie, just picking up from that, what Phil and Francis were talking about, would you say that um, there's any part of your marriage that's taught you something specifically about Jesus or about God? Yeah, I echo everything has been saying. It was gold spending time with these guys on Tuesday. It's just brilliant. Lots of great advice. Um, but we would say the same as well. Um, learning gradually, as Dan was saying, on a journey. Um, in some ways, reflecting back, it's felt a lot like there's been um, a practice ground between us that we then comes out in our relationships with other people as well. So as we learn to give to one another, uh, and that happens, the, the giving out happens more laterally. Um, one of the things that really sticks out talking about that was um, childbirth, actually. <laughs> I won't go into any gory details. But... Um, uh, there was a point in that where I was really at my lowest. There was quite a lot of complications with my first um, son that was born. Uh, and there was a moment there where I, I was really quite on the edge and thinking, I, I, I don't know if we're both going to pull through this. don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, and Dan, amazing birth partner. Um, and, and there was a moment where he looked into my eyes um, and there was... Uh, belief, encouragement, commitment, that he, he did say very encouraging things and very helpful things, um, but there was something in his eyes that I could see that pulled me through that and I could, I could tell um, how he felt about me and that really helped get through that sort of last pretty scary stage. Um, and definitely, reflecting back, that was a huge picture of relationship with God as well, um, that there's, you go through life and there's the, the, the small times where you're putting each other first and the daily things, making each other cups of tea, the very small things that show each other you love, you love each other. Um, then when the big things come along, that, that groundwork is there, that foundation is there for knowing what I could see in Dan's eyes was built. It was built not in that moment, but in all the moments sort of leading up to that. And when the pressure point came, um, I really felt that. And again, that was a huge thing I learned about God in that in my relationship with him. 
um, that belief, that encouragement and that commitment to me. So when things are tough, um, what's gone before, those foundations that have been built, come to the fore really. Great, and I mean, I think that's a really beautiful picture of what Miriam was talking about last week, um, of how marriage is supposed to reflect the relationship that Jesus has with his church, with us. Um, and so I think it's really great that Daniel's helped you to learn more about Jesus. That's a, that's a brilliant thing. So is, is there anything that's really surprised you about your marriage so far, do you think? Yeah, do you mind? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, sort of similar to these guys. Um, I was very surprised in the early days at quite how much we argued, actually. Uh, we're quite non-conflict type of people. Um, we don't like conflict that much and sort of it doesn't come naturally to us. However, we learned very quickly in our relationship we, we, there was a lot of conflict in the early days. Um, I, as Catherine was saying, I was very, very independent. And I think in the early years of marriage, there was a lot of learning through that time uh, of how to sort of lay some of that down. Not lay down who I was as a person, but but uh, let Dan in a bit, and um, certainly through all of uh, that time, those arguments, it felt we were going forward on that journey, which, um, which was a good thing. <laughs> but it was quite a surprise at the time. It wasn't the Hollywood um, romantic notion, but there was depth in that. Um, and through each of those sort of conflict times, again, we just learned huge amounts about ourselves, and I think that was a big key as well in those really early days of learning about my own character and my, how I relate to Dan, how I relate to other people, how I relate to God. And I'll definitely echo what these guys have said. In, in learning that, that's helped me find out things about myself and therefore deal with other relationships in a more effective way. Uh, so I would just add to that that um, I thought I was a, a fairly relaxed guy and fairly flexible and easygoing and I realised I'm incredibly stubborn, very, very stubborn and this kind of came out early on in our, in our relationship as we, as we worked through these things. But also as a reflection in terms of my faith, I realised that my faith was quite kind of God in a box and I thought I knew it all, quite a strong background from kind of traditional background of going up to church, going to church regularly and parents that led a church and stuff like that and I thought... I knew and I knew all the answers and this was what it was and um, Susie really, really helped me um, to kind of question things, to ask questions, which is so valuable, to keep learning, to keep, keep pushing and she changed my picture in some ways of, of God, actually through some of those times where we really disagreed, where we were very, very stubborn. So I learned a lot about myself and as Susie already said, we learned loads about each other, but from a faith point of view... I know that through those times where we've disagreed or we've argued or um, I thought I was right in my opinion about something, God's taught me a lot. God's uh, softened what I didn't realise was a very hard heart that I had on a lot of things and on a lot of faith things as well, on a lot of beliefs. God softened my heart. God challenged me through that conversation and that dialogue together and actually gave me a far broader, more exciting, uh, more adventurous understanding of God and his love that I would not have had were it not for that, that kind of dialogue and that interaction with Susie. I'm far more excited about my faith and about God now than I was 
before I'd, I'd met Susie. And so actually, that's really surprised me that God's, God's done that and brought that out through our interaction together. And God's, I, I, I believe, helped me to grow and be more like Jesus through, through meeting Susie. So, yeah. Thanks, that's, that's really interesting. So, kind of following on from that, Tim and Catherine, I, so I, got the, I asked on Facebook for people to suggest some questions for the week and uh, everyone seems to want to know like, the juicy details about the conflict and the fighting. And, like, so what, what do you actually do when you fight and when you know, Tim's left his trainers in the middle of the lounge for the sixth time this week? <laughs> or whatever it is that you fight. Like, what, what do you do when you fight? Um, oh, big question. What do we do when we fight? Do well, I, really I don't want to fight. I don't want the specifics. How, how, how do you deal with fighting in your relationship? And okay. Not um, fist fighting. Like. <laughs> I think it all comes back to communication, and I mean, winning a fight is really satisfying, isn't it? When you put your point across, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I nailed that one. But you learn pretty quickly that doesn't take you anywhere. It doesn't really achieve anything. And I think for me, and as we've gone from a place where you, instead of entering a conflict where you say, I want to get my point across because this is really hurting me, it's, it's seeing it from the other person's perspective and almost saying, right, how is Catherine um, seeing this situation? What is it like from her perspective? And you actually realize quite quickly that we're all inherently quite selfish people. And I guess that comes into practicing grace and practicing this unconditional love that we have with God. And that's how, I guess, Miriam was also saying that this is mirrored in our marriage. And just when you feel like you're wronged, you just still need to, um, yeah, just slow down, not get angry, and just, um, yeah, see things from the other person's perspective and holding grace and, and that in context. No, I just think, like, on a practical level as well, I think it's that whole thing, like, uh, that trust thing, like, okay, we're fighting right now, but actually, I know who Tim is. Actually, I know what his character is. Actually, he loves me, and I love him. And and we're going to get to work, you know, this fight will end, and they not be in the past, so, you know, let's not get upset. And um, we usually, we usually, you know, if we ever get angry, it usually all um, then starts to progress, and everything goes by. We've just got our wires crossed. And then from that point, it's kind of like, oh, well, how did we, and what did we do, and where's that? And it's just a figuring out thing. And it's, I think if, as long as we can take that, that um, I mean, I said fury, that's really strong. <laughs> but, um, as long as we can take any sort of anger out of the situation, I think that's the quickest thing, really. And I think also after that, you learn a lot about yourself, and you grow as well, and you learn a lot about your character, and you... Um, yeah, I've learned a lot about myself and I feel like I'm there. It's strange isn't it? learning from arguing, but you do, you reflect on yourself and who you are and you try and, I guess, sharpening each other. So, linking back to what Miriam was talking about last week. So, I, I find it really challenging to, to hear Miriam speak about our relationship to our wives and husbands should be the same as Jesus' relationship to the church in that uh, we ought to lay down our lives completely uh, for each other. And that sounds uh, great and challenging and something that you say in a talk, but like in your marriage, what, what does that look like for you guys over the last 10 months? What has it looked like to be mirroring, mirroring that idea of laying down your life for one another? 
Um. <laughs> I think, and then we did talk about it, you'll remember it. And we... <laughs> um, well, we, it's you becoming one person, so... Um, so what happens through that is that you need to, as well, start caring about things that actually independently you may not care that much about. Um, which is great because you, you, you do, because you, you, you do start caring about them, you know, through that discipline of, oh, I care about this person, so I want to care about what he cares about. And I think that's, and, and I want to keep doing that through marriage because, you know, I kind of, in work sometimes I hear this, oh, my wife doesn't let me do this, and my wife, and when are you going to man up to your wife and tell her to come to football at the weekend and this sort of thing? And I kind of go, Oh, I hope Tim never talks about me like that. Because I want, I want us to be empowering each other ultimately. I want us to be, I want Tim to feel more like himself and as a stronger person being married than he would without me there. Because or else, what are we really doing? Like, what are we really doing if we're stopping, I don't know, stopping each other? But we have to do that for us to be unselfish in that. Because obviously I can't be like, hey... I want to be all I can be, so just you don't, don't encroach on me. Um, we need to do that for each other. So I have to start prioritising the, uh, the stuff that Tim enjoys, the stuff that he's good at, the stuff that he's gifted in, his um, uh, ministry, things like that. You know, so when Tim leads worship on a Sunday, he spends quite a lot of hours in the week practising. He spends, you know, time preparing for the weekend. And that, obviously, that, that means you know, well, we've got less time to spend together. You know, sometimes he gets like doing the housework and things like that. That means that I have to pick that up. And that's, that's fine. And, that, you know, and, and also that means that on a Sunday, I share in that joy because I see what he puts into that and how much he loves that. And um, I'm so much more a part of that. And I'm blessed by that as well. Um, so I think um, in some ways laying down your life, it's starting to, it is, it's putting the other person first. And if they're putting you over, I feel so much stronger. I think there's things that I love having people around for dinner. And Tim likes our own space a little bit more. So anyway, um, so it, but it means then he helps with the washing up. So I feel so much stronger in having people around for dinner because he backs me on that. Yeah. Great. And I think, I think that's right. I think it's about sacrifice, isn't it? And I think this is something that Phil and Francis were talking about on Tuesday night. And so, I mean, have you got anything that you'd like to add about the idea of laying down your life or not? Yeah, I, I guess um, we try as best we can. It's taken a long time to get there, to sort of daily um, die to ourselves and, and put ourselves in God's hands. And that's quite a difficult thing, because for me, it, it speaks about trust. And I think I needed to, you know, strengthen my trust in Francis. Uh, and that takes, takes a while. Francis at one time would say, we never have any deep conversations. I imagine going potholing or uh, going, going down a mine, you know. But all she was saying was, you know, talk about what you're feeling about. And I was a typical bloke. I signed the Official Secrets Act at birth and I wasn't <laughs> gonna tell anybody about how I was feeling. But as you develop a trust, as you sort of lay down, if you like, uh, and become vulnerable, because I think, I think what God's asking, be vulnerable with me, put your life in my hands. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I know more about you 
than you know about yourself. And I think that's what, you know, Francis has done, I think, with me, has allowed me to open up. I can remember once reading, there's a great book by Stormy o. Martin called The Power of the Praying Wife. Uh, but there's also a very good book called The Power of the Praying Husband. And in it, Stormy o. Martin talks about her typical first, first hour before she gets out of bed. I'm exhausted. Because she's talking about all the things she's planning to do in the day, all the things that po- could possibly go wrong, and then also how she can put in contingent arrangements just in case they do go wrong. And I say, I'm completely exhausted. So what it's allowed me to do is understand Francis more. But I think as we go deeper into God, because I think that's what God is asking us, you know, put your lives in my hands. Talk to me about how you're feeling. Look at the Psalms, because they're all about, actually, I'm not feeling brilliant today. And I think we need to do that as couples, but we also need to do that with Jesus. And in doing that, we daily, we, we daily, if you like, lay down our lives and surrender and say, God can do a better job than I could ever do. Um, it, it is a decision. It is an ongoing daily decision. Um, but one of the best examples we ever saw was um, we were at a, thing, a relationships training day and it was two engineers who'd come up with this image and it was a perspex box which stands for you, the body of Christ, really. And so you can see in it. And then there were three cheese wedges. Um, one was pink, one was blue, and the other was white. And um, if you put the blue and pink together, they could, they could stay together, but it was very easy for them to just slip apart. So what he did was he put this very big white candle in, in the Perspex box, and then he put the blue on one side and the pink on one, on the other. So... It was like an image, if you like, of a man and a woman coming together with Jesus at the centre. But in the centre of the white was a wick, who is the Holy Spirit. And when he lit that, as as that burnt, the candle began to move down. And the pink and the blue and the white all began to merge. And by the time you got to the bottom of the perspex cube, the only thing left was white of the Holy Spirit and that is what by his grace and his mercy God creates marriage to be and okay we might never be purely white but we can at least aim for it (laughs) with him and it's just such a refining process and I am a better person because of Phil and I've learned more about myself because of being with Phil and that daily decision no, I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to look at this and, and look at him. And sometimes it really is hanging on to him. But he is so faithful and so much able to do more than we could possibly think or imagine. And at the end of the day, he created marriage to be an adventure and a joy. And it is. We have so much fun together. It's great. And have you found that process an easy one? Um, I mean, have there been any challenges in that process? Well, I think that there never really are. Um, I think the Holy Spirit's prompting me, though, to say, to re-echo the fun bit. I think relationships, all relationships, can get very intense. You know, whether it's within our cell group, whether it's within our family, whether it's as couples. And 
there was a great picture. I don't know how many here went to the prayer course, which Pete Gregg put together. Anybody been on that? It's, it's a really, really good course. There's a moment where God is speaking to, to Pete Gregg, and, he, and he, he leads him to look at a tree. And Pete Gregg can be quite an intense guy. And, and he's saying, you know, God, God, what are you telling me through this tree? You know, he's looking for some amazing sort of uh, display of, of wisdom. And God just says, Pete, it's just a tree. <laughs> and I think the same, I think, in our relationship with God, we need to give space to have fun, to enjoy time with God. And I think the same here. Although we're daily living our lives now, that can sound really, really intense. I think the thing that makes it work is because there are times when we just have fun together. And equally, there are times when God just says, let's just have fun together overall. Um, there was a guy um, who was being, we heard of, and he was just playing with his kids. They were crawling all over him. And he heard a whisper from God to say, that's how I would like to relate to you. That intimacy, but also that fun. That, if you like, laying down your life, but putting your life in my hands. Great. And Dan and Susie, I mean, have you got anything you'd like to add to that? The, this discussion that we're having about laying down your life for another... Yeah, I, I think, well, I think Philip answered it the right before, some of it brilliantly. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the daily thing as well, isn't it? It is in the small things and the large things, but if you don't do it in the small things, the large things don't tend to follow. You know, it's got to be a daily thing. Um, when we were reflecting on that this week, um, we were saying it's hard to pinpoint a lot of it because... We, we're viewing our marriage and where we are on the journey, it's team. So we feel we're part of a team. And so, uh, you know, for a team to work, you've, you've got to be unselfish and you've got to give, a bit like football last night, you know, you've got to do the right pass. Someone's got to, someone's in a better scoring position, you've got to give them that. And that but yeah, so I think we would view it like that, that um, in the daily, in the very small things, they really count. And um, it's giving up, like you say, it's decisions. It's when you really don't want to get up out of bed with the kids at six o'clock in the morning because you're shattered. But actually, you know that it's really going to help the other person to <laughs> be more effective during their day. Then you, you want to give in that way. So, I mean, that's where we are at the moment. That's our season of life. So that's one of the ways that we are laying down our life is our own wants of time for ourselves, of sleep of things like that we, we're choosing to do that for the other person and again like you say that only works when you're both doing it great um, uh, I mean I think that kind of really reflects how we relate to God as well doesn't it and that at times I mean I, I'm speaking for myself but at times I, don't, I really don't want to pray and read my Bible and like spend time with God um, and fulfil the things that he's, I feel that he's calling me to but actually it's the same, that, that they're the things that draw us closer to him and the things that, uh, that build us up in love. And ultimately that's the same that we want for our marriages and we want for our relationships with, with everybody, but especially for our relationship with Jesus, that's 
how we want, that's what we want to develop, isn't it? Good, so, I mean, we've almost run out of time, um, but it'd be really good just to finish by asking you, what, as G2, as these people looking at you here, um, how can this family of people support you in your marriage? So, uh, Timmy Catherine, what do you think about that? How can, how can these people support your marriage? I guess, um, yeah, just pray for us. That's the most powerful thing you can do. I haven't got much more to add, but just, yeah, just pray for us and be around us and be community with us and hold us accountable when you, you see something in us that we're not doing right and approach us and, and tell us as, as friends. Um, I would add for the phase that uh, we're at, it's about time. Actually, I'd like to say thank you to, there are many people within kind of uh, our community and within G2 here that invest in us and our family, great role models for our children, but also very practically offering to kind of babysit for us and allow Susie and I to, to get out because time for us at the moment is a, is a massive challenge. We find it really difficult to have the space to spend with another because we're pulled in so many directions by our children, by work, by life, by the commitments that we've got and the things that we want to invest in. So we have to work really hard for that and that's so, so important. So for us, actually, we say thank you to people here at G2 that are really committed to us as a family and, you know, offer to babysit. We're so grateful, um, and you probably don't know how much that, that means to us when somebody says, yeah, we'll have the kids for an evening, and you go out and have some time together. Those moments are moments that are just so valuable for us you know, to come back together, to chat, just to talk, when we may have not been able to do that for a few days just because of where things are at with a busy household of children and things like that. So, yes, that, that's, a, that's a key way, prayer, and, and thank you to people that do that for us. I would also just um, add, um, next phase people, we, we you know, need advice and guidance and wisdom, and um, we're on a journey, we're 10 years into that journey, but we know we've got loads to learn, and so we value your advice as well, and prayers. And Phil and Francis, how, how can we, I know you're not at G2 very often, but how can we as a community support your marriage? I would just echo really what um, Catherine and, and Tim said, just, just pray for us. Um, we, as I sort of mentioned, we, we're transitioning, we live in an area called Groves. Um, on the back of Northern Gold, we started an outreach there, which has grown and grown, and now we say this is the time to lay down the role at St Michael's and move to St Thomas with St Morris in the Groves. And just, we would really appreciate prayer that we keep listening to God, that we keep his pace and his heart at the centre of everything we do. Okay? Great, thank you. Uh, it'd be good if we could all just give a round of applause to these guys. Thank you. 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 Thank you.